I can pretty much predict who's going to fail and who's going to succeed by the way they interact with my Facebook ad. And all those people that are like, you suck. How dare you charge? Some Someone even was like, you know what? How about you pay me to take your course? And then if it's like if it's that good or something, I'm like, what? Yeah, because that's how life works. That's exactly how life works, people. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of grouchy and entitled people out there. So if people like the like so many people think it's their ability, their experience, their skill set that's gonna make them successful. And that's only a teeny tiny fraction of it. Today we are talking to Michaela Quinn. Michaela is awesome. She's actually um, a media mentoring client of mine. Um, but today we're hearing all about her story and her story is amazing. She was a teacher and she wanted to make money from home and she did everything she could to make it happen. And she did things that a lot of people wouldn't do. She did things longer than a lot of people would do them. Um, and I think you're going to learn a lot just from hearing her story. Um, but then we're going to hear about what makes moms starting a business succeed, what makes them successful, and then what makes them fail. And she will actually talk about how she can point out future successes and future failures by how they react to a Facebook ad. Um, and I got to tell you, she is spot on. So for more, with Michaela Quinn, keep on listening. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Michaela, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Christina. I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like so many of my listeners are where you were a few years ago. You were working a full-time job, you wanted to be home, you wanted to make money from home, um, but you're like your own success story and you're creating success stories for so many people. So like, take us back and tell us about that, how you were teaching, and then you got a job, or I guess hired yourself um, as a VA, and you started wor working as a virtual assistant. Yeah. Okay, so I like to kind of start by first sharing with everyone that when I was a little girl, I knew 100% what I wanted to do when I grow up. I was one of those weird, nerdy kids that just knew from a young age what they were destined to be. And I wanted to be a teacher. My mom was a teacher, and I just I, I watched her, and I wanted to be just like her. And so I would take all of her old school supplies. I would keep them in our basement. I had my own makeshift classroom, and I just played with myself and my American Girl dolls. And, you know, sometimes if I could convince a friend to come over and play with me, I they would play too. And so I like to start with that because I think for when I started to look at, wait a minute, this isn't what I want to do anymore. Um, I, there's a lot of people that experience that too. And they're like, I, I kind of started to question myself and like resent myself and question like, what is wrong with me? Why, why am I not happy here anymore? 
And I, I like, I just like to start with that because I think it, a lot of people can relate to that. Like we, we have something we want, but we're not happy. So, so what's wrong with us? And why I wasn't happy and kind of the source of my unhappiness came when my first daughter was born. And it, it just was a really hard period of like, why all of a sudden is, is this not working? And through my pregnancy with her, she was my first, I, anytime it kind of started to come to figuring out daycare and someone else was going to watch her and to work, I started to get anxiety. And as a teacher, I mean, my paycheck already was super small. I think I took home $2,300 a month before taxes. So roughly about $1,800 after, after taxes. And then looking at daycares, the fancy daycare that I wanted to send her to was about $1,500 a month. <laughs> so that was a majority of my paycheck and there was no way we could afford that. And this was the daycare that had, it was the Montessori daycare. They had cameras so parents could log in during the workday and just know their kids were doodly being taken care of. So I couldn't afford that. So we had to go with the like sketchy in-home daycare lady down the street from the school. And it, it, it was, it was fine, but I was never really comfortable with it. And so that was kind of like one factor that kind of started my whole search into finding something different. And then the other part of it was once she was actually born and my maternity leave was up and I had to go back to work, I hated how my days were. I would wake up when it was pitch black still probably like six, six in the morning, I'd have to wake her up. I'd have to like rush through the morning, trying to make myself look presentable, trying to feed her and make sure she had diapers, formula or not formula diapers, breast milk, and you know, a change of clothes to rush her to daycare, drop her off, rush her to, or rush myself to work. So I would get there on time and not get fired. And then after the workday was over, go pick her up. And then we'd have like an hour to actually spend time together a day, roughly from about four to five before I had to start cooking dinner and then go through the bath routine and get her to bed. And that was like it. It was just this never ending cycle of rushing everywhere, wanting to be home, but not being able to, to be home. And I tried talking to my husband about, you know, what if I, I became a stay-at-home mom and he just kind of laughed at me and reminded me that when we bought our house, because we kind of got married, not super young, but I mean, we were 24 when we got married. We got married, I got pregnant right away, and then we bought a house right away. So lots of these big expensive life things within nine months of each other. And he, when we were house hunting, I convinced him to buy the house at the top of our budget because I, I wanted a house that our family could grow into. And he's like, remember, remember this house that you forced us to buy? Yeah, you have to work for us to stay here. And I was just so mad and grouchy. But finally, after a while of just moping and being cranky, I finally realized that I either needed to figure out a solution or change my attitude because how my life was at the time was just not sustainable. And I did not want my daughter and future kids growing up with 
a shell of a mom, essentially. I remember that for myself. I remember um, working in TV and I remember rushing in the morning um, to get one child and then later two children, like get them to daycare, drive to work and South Florida traffic. Um, many times I would be live over an hour away from where I lived, like at, at, for the six o'clock news, I wouldn't mm-hmm. get home till almost eight o'clock at night. And then my husband was the one to pick the kids up from school. And like, it, it really was like, just, it's constant rushing when you are a working mom with kids in daycare. And I remember one morning, this was towards the end of me working full time. I remember one morning, my daughter said like, why are you mad? And yeah. I was like, I'm not mad, but I looked mad because I was rushing to get ready and get presentable and make the kids uh, drop them off at daycare by a certain time. At this point, I left TV news and I was working at a PR agency and I just had a terrible boss. I had a boss who he would expect me to be in my email starting at seven in the morning and he wanted me to walk in the office at nine o'clock. And if I walked in at 901, he would give me a passive aggressive attitude all day. And that's like, you know, add that to the stress of everything else. Like I probably did act mad when I was rushing in the morning. So I totally relate to what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm rushing to go to somewhere I don't even want to be. Like, why am I putting in all this effort? But the day, like we needed my income and so I, I started searching like, okay, what are my options? I tried a couple of different things before I found freelancing. I tried to like make cakes and cupcakes and sell those, but like the profit margin in the time and the mess, it was abysmal. I tried a bow business. I tried making and selling hair bows that I don't even know if I actually made money because I probably spent more on products at like ribbon and stuff at Hobby Lobby than I actually made. And I had a lot of hot glue gun burns. (laughs) Bows and cakes did not retire me. Finally, I found this world of virtual assisting and freelancing through this website called hiremymom.com a while back, um, four years ago. And I just started looking into that and I I signed up for their subscription. It was like $30 for three months. And these businesses would pay to post all of these virtual, flexible work from home contract positions for moms. And I was like, this is perfect. There were different posts like copy editor or proofreader or, marketing assistant or graphic designer or admin assistant or bookkeeper, like random little side projects. And for a while I was like, Oh, I'm a teacher. I, there's like, I don't qualify for any of these, but I just kept trying to apply for anything and everything because I, I, I wanted out. And I would, I would actually do this on my plan period while I was at work. And It took eight months. I had eight months of no's, eight months of crickets, eight months of like, this is not going anywhere. Why didn't you give up? Because I feel like before eight months hit, so many people would give up. I, I couldn't. Like I was determined that I was not going back to work. And, um, it didn't happen in that, that first month. So I actually started about four years ago from today Um, it was second semester right after Christmas break. And I found the, I found the website over Christmas and I was able to work 
the budget and work with my principal to go part-time next year. My mother-in-law was going to babysit one day. So we were only going to have to pay for two days in daycare. So like financially, even though I was working less, I was taking home about the same amount after daycare expenses and all that. And I was determined to make that my absolute last year because we wanted to have another baby and paying like two kids in daycare on my salary. I would have made pennies. We couldn't have more kids if I wasn't like bringing in more income. There was just a lot of factors that I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not happy here. I am done. I'm, I'm getting out. So I, I refused to give up after about four months, uh, three to four months of nothing. I really started to kind of think about, okay, why am I not getting anything back? Why is no one even responding to me? So I talked with one of my friends. Um, she was a teacher also. She used to work and do like resume writing and career, career building for people. So I had her look at my resume, look at my cover letter, and she helped me tailor the resume and cover letter for each single position. So this was a lot of work. Each position that I was applying for, I went in and changed my resume, changed the cover letter, and sent that off to the potential client. And from there, once I kind of started doing that, I started to get emails back and interviews and people interested. But then it was like another three-ish months of getting the interview, getting down to the final two or three, but it always going to the other person. And so again, I was like, what am I doing wrong? I'm, 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 I like, I know I would be good at this, but why am I not portraying that correctly to the potential client? And so I realized it's probably how I'm talking about my experience. So when they would ask like, oh, do you have experience in this? What have you done before? It was pretty much just like, no, but I can learn. And like, no one wants that person on their They team. don't want to teach you. They just want you to do it. Right. And so then I was like, ah, oh, how can I position my current to make me the winning candidate? And that's when I just realized, and I had to kind of like deep dive into what I was doing as a teacher, what my skills and talents were as a teacher, and how I could translate that into helping that specific business owner. So one of my very first clients needed help with social media and engaging her audience in her Facebook group and on Instagram and, and all the places. And I, and I knew that going into that call and I was like, okay, how can I show her that I am the best person to do this for her? And I thought about it. And as a high school English teacher, I taught sophomore English. So I taught the ancient classics like Beowulf, the Iliad, the Odyssey, Shakespeare, really old stuff that high school kids were not super excited about learning. But I could get them engaged in conversations. I could get them excited about these ancient texts and about and how they kind of like applied to their lives and the lessons we could learn from from these these classics. And so I just explained that to her and was like, look, I can get high school kids talking about the Iliad and the Odyssey. I can get your potential clients talking about anything. Like that's all teaching is, especially as an English teacher, is starting conversations with people. And that is one of my best talents as a teacher. And she was sold. And, and that's how I landed finally my first client. And then did you just utilize that strategy 
on all of these other jobs that you were applying to? So yeah, um, once I got, I landed her, then um, I, I still kept applying because she at that time was only probably about $400 a month retainer. So 20 hours at $20 an hour, I started super low. It was only about $400 a month. So I needed a couple more clients to fully replace my income. And so I, I kept applying, kept using the same the same tactic. One of my second clients was a, I still really don't understand what her business was, but she was like a mind body spiritual healer for older people who had back problems. She kind of taught them how to re like move, move their body through physical therapy and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she was mostly, she's in Florida. She was mostly in person workshops, but she was looking to take her curriculum online and, and start an online course. This was back way before I really even knew what online courses were. But when I talked to her, I was like, yeah, I'm a teacher. Curriculum planning and teaching, that is, that's one of my best talents as a teacher. When I started at the school I'm at, I was tasked with creating the pre-AP curriculum for the sophomore students. Um, this was the first year they were starting the pre-AP and AP curriculum. And so I was just given pretty much a blank slate and I had to create the curriculum from scratch as a first year teacher. And so I, I kind of just talked to her about that and shared my experience and success as the curriculum planner for the pre-AP curriculum. And she hired me and I did a lot of like PDF designing for her and taking, she would send me her like in-person recordings. And then I would type things out and kind of put it into an online curriculum of sorts. Okay. I love that. That's awesome. So I mean, that's a good learning lesson to people listening who don't, who want to go into something different or they, they feel like it's something different, but you can always relate whatever your current full-time job or last full-time job is into what you're doing now. You just kind of have to be creative. It's like pitching the media, like find the right angle that makes it relative and, and makes it interesting. So then that's how you slowly built up your business as a VA. And mm-hmm. now you help people do the same thing. Um, so tell me about adding that revenue stream. Like how busy did you get as a VA um, when you were like, well, why don't I just help other people do the same thing? Yeah. So my very first client who needed help engaging her Facebook group, one of the first projects she gave me was go join these top Facebook groups and kind of just be a spy and see what they're doing, see what their strategies are to grow such massive engaged groups. And one of the groups that she had me join um, was Boss Moms. That's kind of where I connected with you. Yes. um, Screw the nine to five back then. And Gosh, I'm trying to think. There was another, like, Kimra Luna used to have a big Facebook group back mm, in the day. Freedom Hackers. Freedom Hackers, yeah. So I, different groups, like, they were these groups with all of these online entrepreneurs. And so at this point, up until she gave me this project, I had no idea that this was, like, actually a growing and booming industry. I thought I just hit the jackpot and was like the luckiest person on the planet to find these two people that that needed my services at the time. That once I was into Boss Moms, Freedom Hackers, and Screw the 9 to 5, I was constantly seeing all of these other business owners post, hey, I need a virtual assistant. Hey, I need someone to help with my social media. And so once I was in these groups, I just started 
helping and answering people's questions and then started pitching myself and saying, Hey, I can help you. Let's, you know, let's chat. And so I would go back through that discovery call process that I was doing um, when I was working through the job source board at the height. So I landed my first client, um, the very first one, that business coach in August of 2016. And then by April of 2017, it will by February of 2017, I had tripled my teacher take-home pay and was only working about 15 to 20 hours from home. That's amazing. Okay. Side note, I am going to link to, so all of those Facebook groups that you mentioned, I have Mm -hmm. episodes. I have had all of those women on as guests on the podcast. So in the show notes, I'm going to link to the episode with Dana Malstaff from Boss Mom, Jill Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5, and Kim Luna from Freedom Hackers. Mm -hmm. So everybody can check that out and listen to those episodes with those ladies. Um, So you were making triple the money, working half the time. As a teacher, I was working 50 to 60 hours a week. So then how much were you working as a VA? Um, 15 to 20. Oh my gosh. So working like a fraction, a fraction, it was insane. So I got pregnant. Um, we found out probably in August I was pregnant right when I went back to work, right around the time I landed my first client. And I actually went on maternity leave in April of 2017 at this, that this was after I had tripled my take home pay and, I quit teaching and I walked out of the classroom for good. That's amazing. And then you just doubled down on, on the VA thing. Uh, Uh Using Facebook groups as a strategy. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, and then at what point were you like, let me teach other moms how to do the same thing? Yeah. So when I became a mom, I was 25. I was the first person in my friend group on my, like my friends, my husband friends, I didn't have any, mom friends, really. Everyone else was still like living their twenties, doing fun things. And I was at home breastfeeding. And so I would join, there were a lot of local Kansas city mom, Facebook groups, like just mom specific, where you could come in and be like, I'm sure you're, I don't know if you're in any just mom specific Facebook groups, but here it was like, then about your husband, ask questions, like post a picture of your kid's rash and find out what ailment he had. Uh, I can't (laughs) with those posts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've, I've had to since leave all those groups, but being in like, that's, that's where I found community and friendship when I was a first time young mom. Um, and so I would, those groups, I would see tons of moms post. I want to work from home. I want to quit my job. I do not want to do an MLM. What are my options? And I just kind of slowly started helping them for free as I was trying to get this started and say, Hey, this is what I found. This is what I'm doing. Here's some resources. And I slowly became known in the local Kansas city mom Facebook groups as the lady who can help you work from home without joining an MLM. And so people would tag me anytime there was a post, I would get tons of DMS of people saying, Oh, tell me, tell me how you did it. And one day this would have been in early August of 2017. So after I had quit teaching, there was one specific group and this Kansas city mom Facebook group or one specific post and like 50 moms were asking me to 
help them get started. And they all wanted me to personal message them. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm a mom. I have clients. Like I can't, I can't Mm -hmm. talk to you all individually. So I created a Facebook group. It was like Kansas city freelance moms. Anyone can join. I'm going to share my story in this group and people joined it quickly. Like a few days was 300 people. And then it kind of just dawned on me. Like you have the education background, you, you know how to teach people. And you also have this freelance business building knowledge that people are wanting to learn. Why don't you combine them both and create your own online course? And, and so I did. That's amazing. And then now, I mean, I don't know how comfortable you feel with sharing your financials, but you're doing pretty damn well. Yeah. Oh, I'm comfortable. I'm super comfortable sharing. Um, so that first year, my first launch, I charged $50 for my program and enrolled 10 people. So like kind of small numbers. I, I think the math is like $500, nothing to really write home about, but that's all I needed to start. I just needed to prove myself that that's a, your validation right there. Yeah. People want to learn this. People will pay me to teach them and I can get them results. And I knew if I could do those three things, I could turn this into something really big. So it's two and a half years since I started the online courses and coaching people on how to build their business. And since then I've helped over 1200 people and the program is now 997. So massive increase there. And in 2019, we did just over about 400,000 in revenue, which 95% of that all comes from my online, online course. That is amazing. That's total revenue. I mean, my expenses are high too, because I'm a mom. I've got a huge team. Um, I think, but you're profitable. Like, let's keep it real. There's people in online business who will say, I have a million dollar business, but they don't tell you they're spending a million dollars to have a million dollar business. You're still profitable. Yeah, I think about 50% went to expenses. Okay, so you're doing over 200000 a year. Yeah, well, and then some of that goes to taxes, and then I pay myself the rest. Right, which is pretty damn good, considering yeah. where you were four or five years ago. Yeah, considering I used to barely bring home $1,000 a month. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, and we worked together. You were in my media mentoring program, and we got you on TV talking about this. And right after... Yep. Somebody bought the course, right? Right after they saw you on TV? Yeah, literally I'm in like I'm in the studio and I get a notification on my phone. So and so from Kansas just purchased your course. I love and it. That is insane. I was so excited when you sent me that message. <laughs> um okay, I want to I want to I want to leave on a couple of notes just because uh-huh. I love that you told your story from start to finish because I think so many people can relate. Um, and they can learn from like the steps that you took. Um, but I want to talk about why some people fail and why some people succeed. Um, cause you and I have talked a little bit about like, um, what goes down in the comment section on Facebook and how people will, because let's keep it real. Anybody can put anything online. Anybody can create a Facebook ad. Anybody can post anything. And a lot of people in the air quotes that I'm using online business, um, they are not successful and they don't know what they're talking about. I know you personally, I know your story, so I know you are legit or else I wouldn't have you on the podcast. Um, But 
for this reason, you know, some people will come to you in your comments and be like, oh, this is a scam. This is too good to be true. This and that. And you're a lot nicer than I am when you reply. Um, <laughs> I would, I would use, uh, other choice words that would get me in trouble. Um, but to me, those are people who have either tried and failed or who are too scared to try. So I want you to quickly talk about the difference between those people who want to be their own bosses. They want to stay at home and work who fail. And then the ones who succeed. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, and I did a post a couple weeks ago, kind of basically just saying I can pretty much predict who's going to fail and who's going to succeed by the way they interact with my Facebook ad. And all those people that are like, you suck. How dare you charge? Some Someone even was like, you know what? How about you pay me to take your course? And then if it's like if it's that good or something, I'm like, what? Yeah, because that's how life works. That's exactly how life works, people. It's just so bizarre. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of grouchy and entitled people out there. So if people like the like so many people think it's their ability, their experience, their skill set that's gonna make them successful. And that's only a teeny tiny fraction of it. The bigger portion of why someone's successful or not is their mindset. And that's something that can you you can improve and grow. It's not like your mindset that you have today you're you're stuck with. I used to be someone who was not confident, someone who let fear control her and made my decisions for me. But the women that sign up for my program and are the most successful, number one, they dive in and take they take action. They know that just purchasing the program is not their ticket. It is the tool to help them, but they have to actually put in the work to make it happen. Preach, honey. Preach. Yeah. I had somebody a couple of years ago ask for a refund on my course because it didn't work. And I went in there and I was like, well, you've never logged in. So... Yeah. What did you expect to happen? <laughs> it's like buying a car and letting it sit on the driveway and never driving it and be like, the car doesn't take me to where I need to go. Well, because you haven't gotten exactly. into it. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I see in the successful people is that they are decisive and they make decisions. It is so easy to get stuck in like this analysis paralysis, trying to pick the perfect name for your business, the perfect logo, perfect colors. And so many people get stuck in like this, oh, it, it has to be perfect. And that's just a complete lie. Yes, you want to do your best and look professional. But if you're, there's like this line where that becomes your procrastination net and like your safety place. And instead of, you know, putting yourself out there and doing the things that are actually going to bring you clients and grow your business, they stay doing the safe stuff. And I also see this with people who think that they need to learn every single thing before they go get clients. That's absolutely not true, especially if you're starting as a virtual assistant. Your client is going to, like, depending on who your client is, what they're going to need you to do is going to be completely different. So if you go out and learn active campaign, chances are the first client you get on a call with is going to use ConvertKit. Like, it's, it's just can be a waste of time. I 
could not agree with you more on these two things. And I feel like mindset, that can be very broad. And honestly, I didn't know when I started my business that I had a money mindset problem. I was Mm -hmm. very afraid to invest in my business and I was soaking up all of the free content online. And when I finally invested in a business coach, I got specific one-on-one help. This is where Mm -hmm. I'm at now. This is where I want to be. Tell me how to get there. And Mm -hmm. I think to your point about taking action um, and and making a decision and just doing it, um, I think taking risks too is is one of the big things. People are so afraid to spend the time and money on something without a guarantee. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. here's a life lesson. No matter what you spend time and money on, you will never get a guarantee. And if anybody's giving you a guarantee, um, you're, it's probably not true. Like that's not going to yeah. happen. You can't guarantee anything. And I feel like, you know, you hear so many stories where people have an idea for something and they do nothing. And then five years later, like it's for sale at the stores or somebody's got a booming business. And it's the difference was that person took a risk and invested time and money to make it happen. And yeah. you didn't. And I think that's probably the biggest thing in, in my opinion. And it's, you know, very relative to what you're saying and, and why people succeed is, and honestly, a lot of that I have learned is, is a money mindset thing because you have to spend money to learn what the hell you're doing. And if you're not going to spend money, you have to spend time to learn what you're doing. And there's so many people like my course is 997. Yours is 997. There's so many people who say, Oh, I'm all in. I want to make this happen but they're not willing to spend less than $1,000 to do it, then I question, well, you probably d- either don't really want this or you um, you have such a bad money mindset that it's just not going to happen. And I can't yeah. handle, I don't know how you feel about the comments of, um, I don't have time or I don't have money because mm-hmm. it's all about what you prioritize. And everybody thinks when it comes to investing in your business, you need all of that money on hand right now. And a lot of these people, ironically, spent tens of thousands of dollars on college or have tens of thousands of dollars in college debt. And that's a lot of money to invest in yourself professionally that you're not getting anything out of. Um, You know, like many of us have car payments. Many of us have mortgages. Like that's money we didn't have that we invested in because we prioritized having a car. We prioritized having a home. So I don't know where people are not comfortable investing in themselves as business owners. It's kind of crazy to me. I, yeah, I've kind of, I've been, I look at that a lot because that is something I get all the time. I want to work from home, but I can't afford your program. Like there's just no way we can afford it. When I finally, I had like my first two clients, but I was trying to land more. I invested in the program and I did it with like, without even thinking, I was like, Oh yes, I, I see, mm-hmm. I see the possibility. I need this help. I'm going to learn from this person who can give me everything to make this so much easier because I, I don't want to waste another eight months trying to do this on my own. Yeah. I didn't know there was a program when I first started looking, otherwise I would have done it eight months ago. Yeah. And so I've kind of started to look and I think it's like the, I don't have money is more just an excuse. It's an excuse. Yes, it's an excuse, 100%. Because people, I had somebody tell me she didn't have money for my course, and she just got back from a three-month trip traveling around the world. I'm like, honey, clearly you got something. Because yeah. that it just it just doesn't work like that. And I remember when I hired my first business coach, it was 15000 for the year. And um, 
I could have said I don't have money, but I did have a credit card and I could make monthly payments. Like, let's Mm -hmm. keep it real. And I remember saying, I am going to do every single thing this person tells me to do, because if I don't, I'm wasting my money. Yeah. And that's what I did. And now I have a million dollar business. I have a team of eight. I have multiple streams of revenue and I would not have gotten there if I did not pay somebody to tell me what to do. Yeah. And so I think that I don't have money is really an excuse for either they don't trust me yet mm-hmm. or they don't trust themselves and they have that fear and they need to work on like figuring out what their fear is. Is it like, what if I fail? Is it being told no? Like we got to work on figuring out what failure is, what it means and how like you do have control over if you are successful or not. 100%. You, challenges, you will have struggles but are you going to let that be the end or are you going to evaluate and just look at that as a problem that can be solved and, and figure it out? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I could talk to you all day. Um, but, we, but I can't, I could, but I can't. <laughs> is there, is there anything else you want to add that I should have asked? Um, and then also let people know where they can find you. Um, no, I, I, I don't think there's anything else. That I mean, uh, there's tons more. I could I could talk for this about this forever. Yes, um, but, but people can find out more about you on your website. Yeah, MichaelaQuinn.com um, or Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot at Michaela.Quinn. and and I will link yeah, to this in my the podcast. show notes. And yes, your podcast, which I will be coming on. I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's the Live Free Podcast with Michaela Quinn. Um, talk all things freelancing, growing and scaling profitable freelance businesses, and working from home. Awesome. I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. Um, Thank you so much, Michaela. It was awesome chatting with you. Yes. Thank you so much, Christina. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. All of those details and where you can reach Michaela can be found in the show notes for this episode, um, as well as those episodes that I talked about with Dana Malstaff from Boss Mom, Jill Stanton with Screw the Night of Five, and Kimra Luna with Freedom Hackers. They have all been guests on my podcast before. Um, and you can find out more about every past episode of the Become a Media Maven podcast on becomeamediamaven.com. Thank you so much for listening. And next week, You are going to be chatting with me, solo episode with me. Um, So make sure you tune in. If you haven't yet already subscribed or left an honest rating or review, I would really appreciate it. I know I sound like a broken record, but listen, people, I see the number of ratings and reviews I have, and then I see the number of downloads that I have. So I know all of you are not leaving a rating or review, and I would really appreciate it if you would. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.